0: Welcome to Linda's Corner. My name is Linda Bjork. With current events going on in the world, people are experiencing overwhelmingly high levels of fear and stress right now. In today's episode, I'm going to explain how these emotions affect us and a few ways to overcome those feelings. Fear, anxiety, worry, and panic are emotions that most people are familiar with to some degree or another. While slightly different, each of these emotions are related and they are all connected by the presence of fear. Fear is an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or is a threat. Panic is an intense feeling of overpowering extreme anxiety or terror, while anxiety is an unpleasant but vague sense of apprehension. Now, the word worry has a couple of different definitions that may seem unrelated at first, but they are all connected. First of all, worry means a state of anxiety and uncertainty over actual or potential problems. It implies concern mixed with fear. Another definition of worry is to tear at, gnaw on, pull at, or fiddle with continually. For example, a dog can worry a bone by continually gnawing at it. You can worry the knot at the end of a rope by continually fiddling with it and perhaps fraying the ends. It has to do with the idea of touching or disturbing something repeatedly. The emotion of worrying has a similar effect to the idea of continually gnawing at something. Worry is not a fleeting emotion. It tends to be nagging, persistent, and incessant. Some synonyms for worry include to annoy, plague, pester, or torment. Now, any of these forms of fear can cause stress. Stress is a state of mental or emotional strain or tension resulting from adverse or very demanding circumstances. Fear arises with the threat of harm, either physical, emotional, or psychological. And it can come from either real or imagined circumstances. These unpleasant emotions can arise from an imminent physical threat or from a perceived emotional or mental threat. Everyday life gives many opportunities to experience fear, anxiety, worry, stress, or even panic. It may surprise you to hear that these emotions by themselves are neither good nor bad. They just are. However, they can be either helpful or hurtful depending on the intensity and duration of the emotion. First of all, I'm going to explain how, why, and when these emotions could be helpful. All emotions can have a positive effect. Fear, anxiety, and worry are a central part of our harm-avoidance system. In other words, they are intended to keep us safe. They help us to stay away from situations that could potentially cause us harm. Furthermore, fear, anxiety, worry, and stress can activate the sympathetic nervous system, often called the fight-or-flight response. Activating the fight-or-flight system can help increase the physiological response known as arousal. Now, this is not to be confused with sexual arousal. That's not what I'm talking about. This kind of arousal is the physiological and psychological state where the sense organs are stimulated to a point of perception. In other words, it means we're awake and alert. It increases heart rate and blood pressure and causes a condition of sensory alertness, mobility, and readiness to respond. This higher state of arousal means we're ready to fight or run away as necessary, and it helps to keep us safe. In addition to protecting our well-being, a slight increase of arousal caused by fear, anxiety, worry, or stress can actually improve our performance. For example, the increased arousal caused by feelings of stress when you're taking an important exam can actually help you to focus on the test and better remember the information that you studied. Likewise, when an athlete is poised to make an important move, like a basketball player shooting a free throw, An increased level of arousal can help him or her make the shot. Our bodies and minds perform better with a little bit of excitement or stress. However, this is true only up to an optimal point of arousal. If we feel too much stress or anxiety, then the level of performance drops, sometimes dramatically. For example, too much test anxiety can impair your ability to concentrate and makes it more difficult to remember any of the answers. Or, if a basketball player gets too stressed out, he or she may choke and miss the shot. In psychology, this relationship between arousal levels and performance is known as the Yerkes-Dodson Law. This law was first described in 1908 by psychologists Robert Yerkes and John Dillingham Dodson. Through a series of experiments, they discovered that mild electrical shocks could be used to motivate rats to complete a maze. But when the shocks became too strong, then the rats would just scurry around in random directions trying to escape. Their experiments suggested that there is a relationship between performance and arousal. Increased arousal can help improve performance, but only up to a certain point at the point when arousal becomes excessive, then our performance diminishes. Fear, anxiety, worry, and stress are often considered negative emotions, but they are actually part of a beautifully orchestrated design to benefit us by increasing our performance and keeping us safe. They are not actually our enemy, and we don't need to eliminate them entirely or pretend that we don't have these emotions. Remember that according to the Yerkes-Dodson Curve, A little bit of arousal caused by fear, anxiety, worry, or stress can actually improve our performance efficiency. If we have low arousal, like we don't care, then we don't perform very well. But with a moderate level of stress, we actually increase our level of performance. We are energized to face whatever challenge is ahead. However, high levels of stress and anxiety decrease performance because we become. Overwhelmed. This means that if our fear, anxiety, worry, or stress gets out of hand, it can interfere with our physical, mental, and emotional well being. It can harm our health, our performance, our relationships, and our happiness. If this is the case, then the increased arousal caused by stress and anxiety no longer gives a little boost to help overcome challenges. Instead, They actually compound the problem and make it worse. Most people are aware of the negative consequences of stress and anxiety and its toll on society and on individuals. Anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness in the United States, affecting about 40 million adults in the United States age 18 and older, or about 18.1% of the population every year. That means that about one out of every six people are suffering from some type of anxiety disorder. Treating anxiety disorders can be expensive. The average annual medical cost for individuals diagnosed with any anxiety disorder was estimated to be over $6,000 in 2005. Furthermore, it's not uncommon for someone with an anxiety disorder to also suffer from depression or vice versa. Nearly one-half of those diagnosed with depression are also diagnosed with an anxiety disorder. Some experts believe that depression is caused by a feeling that you are unable to solve your problems. Therefore, learning how to cope with fear, anxiety, worry, and stress in a healthy manner is an excellent way to help prevent depression from creeping in. We want to be able to calm and manage these emotions so that they can benefit us rather than harming us. Now, understanding a little bit about the way our autonomic nervous system works can help us gain a better understanding about how our emotions can be helpful or hurtful. Our bodies have an autonomic nervous system which regulates bodily functions such as heart rate, digestion, respiratory rate, pupillary response, and so on. The autonomic nervous system has separate branches, One is called the sympathetic nervous system and is often called the fight or flight system. Another branch is called the parasympathetic nervous system, which is often called the rest and digest system. In many cases, both of these systems have opposite actions where one system activates a physiological response and the other inhibits it. In other words, our bodies are designed to naturally take care of things like our digestion and our immune system to help keep us nourished and healthy. However, during times of an emergency, the body puts those things on hold in order to be able to direct energy into more important things, like the ability to run away from danger right now. Our bodies produce a stress hormone called cortisol, which is like a built-in alarm. It works with certain parts of your brain to control your mood, motivation, and fear. It accelerates heartbeat, increases blood sugar, and alters other body systems to prepare your body to respond to the immediate danger. When your body is on high alert, cortisol can alter or shut down other functions that might get in the way. These might include your digestive or reproductive systems, your immune system, or even your growth processes. After the danger has passed, then your cortisol level should calm down and your heart, blood pressure, and other body systems will get back to normal. This is a wonderful, natural, and automatic process designed to help keep us safe, which enables us to be able to quickly respond to danger. However, this fight-or-flight system is only intended to be used for short periods of time. And if we keep our bodies constantly in that fight or flight response with worry and stress, it can negatively affect virtually every organ system in the body. According to the National Institutes of Health, prolonged stress has been shown to cause numerous health problems, including anxiety and depression, headaches, heart disease, memory and concentration problems, problems with digestion, trouble sleeping, weight gain, weakening of the immune system which makes you more likely to get sick, high blood pressure, upset stomach ulcers and acid reflux, increased rapid heartbeat and heart palpitations, panic attacks, cardiovascular problems, increase in blood sugar levels, irritable bowel problems, back aches, tension headaches or migraines, chronic fatigue syndrome, respiratory problems and heavy breathing, and worsening of skin conditions such as eczema. This short list includes many of the physical problems that can arise from chronic fear, anxiety, worry, and stress. But there are also many social, mental, and emotional problems as well. Chronic fear, anxiety, worry, and or stress can negatively affect our performance at work. It can negatively affect our relationships. It can negatively affect our happiness and well-being. When we're on the wrong side of that Yerkes-Dodson curve, our performance in every area diminishes. Next, I'm going to explain about what stressors and coping skills are. A stressor is an activity, event, or other stimulus that causes stress. Stressors are those things that cause fear, anxiety, worry, stress, or panic in our lives. Coping refers to our response to those stressors. It relates to how we deal with and attempt to overcome problems and difficulties. If our stressors are low and our coping skills are high, then we are at peace. If our stressors are high, but our coping skills are also high, it might be challenging, but we are typically able to overcome our obstacles. However, if we find that our stressors are high and our coping skills are low, then our feelings of stress are high and we might feel overwhelmed and unable to cope. Our coping skills can typically be broken down into two areas of focus. The first is our expertise. In other words, it is our level of skill, ability, confidence, and resources to do whatever task is before us. For example, a five-year-old may be overwhelmed by the task of trying to tie their shoelaces, but to a 10-year-old, that task is extremely simple. Likewise, for a 15- or 16-year-old learning how to drive a car, it may seem overwhelming, but an adult may find that same task relaxing since it requires very little effort. This is true every time we learn a new skill. As our expertise level increases, the task becomes easier, and we're better able to cope with the demands. Another aspect of coping skills is called somatic quieting. Somatic quieting turns on the relaxation response in the body. The relaxation response is essentially the opposite reaction to the stress response. It is the process of turning the rest and digest system back on. This releases chemicals and brain signals to make your muscles and organs slow down and increase blood flow to the brain. The term relaxation response was coined by Dr. Herbert Benson. An American medical doctor, cardiologist, author, and a founder of Mind Body Medicine. His book, The Relaxation Response, describes the scientific benefits of relaxation and shows how it can be an effective treatment for a wide range of stress related disorders. The relaxation response counteracts the physiological effects of stress and the fight or flight response. His research, conducted in the 1960s and 1970s, helped to demystify the idea of meditation and brought it to the mainstream by demonstrating how meditation promotes better health, lower stress levels, increased well-being, and reduced blood pressure levels. And there are more benefits of the relaxation response. When our bodies and minds are in a constant state of fight or flight, it narrows our focus and gives us a sort of tunnel vision. If we can get out of that fight-or-flight mentality and turn on the relaxation response, even if it's just for a few minutes each day, it gives our body and our mind a break. It broadens our focus, and then we are able to find new and creative ways to solve our problems. You are stronger than you think. You are smarter than you think. The answers to your problems are most likely already inside of you. You just need a way to tap into that greatness and set it free. Therefore, these two separate aspects of coping skills, expertise and somatic quieting, are actually interrelated. Calming down and turning on the relaxation response helps us get back to the top of our game by broadening our vision and tapping into our own creative problem-solving skills. So, how do we calm down and turn on that relaxation response? Well, there are several things that we can do. We can decrease our stressors and increase our coping skills by doing simple things like nourishing our bodies, diaphragmatic breathing, progressive muscle relaxation, meditation, Improving the quality of our sleep, journaling, somatic quieting, exercising, connecting with nature, making use of a wealth of cognitive behavioral therapy techniques, recognizing and overcoming cognitive distortions, examining our core beliefs, visualization exercises, improving feelings of safety and self worth, altering our perspective, discovering alternatives to worrying, creating a visual shield finding meaning and purpose in our lives, increasing feelings of joy, harnessing the power of gratitude, discovering the healing power of forgiveness, and finding creative solutions to our problems. I've written a book called You Got This, an action plan to calm fear, anxiety, worry, and stress that shares all of these tools and more. It teaches skills to alleviate fear and increase a sense of peace and control in your life. I am excited and grateful to announce that it is listed as a number one hot new release on Amazon. The world needs something like this right now, and I am grateful to have something to share to help people be resilient and better able to handle their problems. To find it, simply go to Amazon and type You Got This by Linda Bjork in the search bar. In closing, I'd like to share a quote from Yoda in Star Wars Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. Today, I hope you choose to follow a lighter, happier, and more peaceful path. See you next time on Linda's Corner.